Hello, welcome to Free Talk Live. Uh, we are probably not connected to the network right now, but you know what? We're going to start a show for you anyway. Just get started. That's yeah. right. This is uh, Stephanie with you tonight. Oh, here we go. I think we're back. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So we're back on, on the air. This is Free Talk Live, the live Sunday night edition with me, Stephanie. And me, Mark. And we're glad to be with you as we are um, every Sunday night. It's not me, Mark. It's me, Mark. Mark is my name. Never mind. Me, Mark. I'm going to start calling you me, Mark. All right. (laughs) And of course, Free Talk Live is a show that uh, you can call and take control of the phone lines if you have something that you want to bring up. We're really open to talking about anything you you like. So you can call us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. So, Mark, you and I haven't been together for a couple weeks now, actually. Um, That's right. You went away. uh, Well, actually, you were on the same plane as Ian and myself when we went to... uh, I witnessed that cluster going down. (laughs) So we went to Los Angeles for the Talkers uh, New Media Seminar, and you went to San Diego for... Libertopia. Libertopia. Which is a festival. It's a freedom festival. I had a great time. Except for that airplane ride. I mean, that uh, that was a really kind of harrowing experience. I was watching... Ian get patted down a second time at the gate, uh, as you guys talked about on the show and numerous times. And, um, you know, a lot of thoughts were going through my head like, wow, this is really ratcheting up the the police state. It seems so strange that the TSA would go around and do secondary screenings at the gate. I mean, doesn't that just I've say, never seen that before until up, Well, that they, they've started. Um, yeah. But doesn't that say that we're not very smart and we can't get it done at the gate? I mean, all the <laughs> throwing away of water bottles and, uh, you know, confiscating of, of lighters and clippers and all these things that go on, they somehow or another just can't get it done at the gate. They yeah. got to shake people down going into the plane, too. Well, they've been proven, I mean, by their... Because we, what we really need... In this economy, is more shiftless bureaucrats employed doing, frankly, nothing, producing nothing. The phrase thousands standing around really came to mind as I was traveling this most recent trip because, I mean, literally, you look at the airport and you see blue shirts everywhere and blue gloves everywhere. And a lot of them don't really appear to be doing much. You know, there is that one guy that's always, or or gal, who's stationed there just watching people walk by. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could envision that they've been labeled as some kind of behavior detection officer or whatever. They're just watching to see if anybody looks suspicious or they're sweating or whatever. But to me, it kind of looked like they're just sitting around. <laughs> yeah. And I'd, honestly, I'd rather have them sitting around than um, touching people non-consensually or doing things like that. I mean, I don't think what they do is of particular value or is really keeping people safe. And uh, I I was uncomfortable with a lot of the things that I saw them doing. I heard a lot of passengers grumbling about it. And so really they're not doing – so far, TSA hasn't caught any terrorists yet at all um, and hasn't stopped any terrorism. But what they have done is, well – Domestic, Inconvenience yeah, a ton of people. Domestic and international flight is down like 30% since pre-9-11. That isn't mm-hmm. all because people are scared of airplanes because of terrorists. Right. Some of that, and I suspect the vast majority here 12 years later, mm-hmm. um, is probably due to the TSA, and people just don't want their junk touched. They just and what can they do They don't do want except... their privates caressed. <laughs> oh, by gosh. Yeah, ooh, it's creepy when you put it that way. people with the TSA. I mean, I ended up going, I knew that... There was going to be a body scanner at Manchester Airport. It hadn't been there the last time I was there, Manchester, New Hampshire. And I was going to have to make a choice about what I was going to do. Was I going to go through it or was I going to opt out and get the pat down? And I ended up going through it because I thought, okay, I'd rather have them see me than touch me. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it came down to that. And it was such a Hobson's choice. It was like, I don't want to do this at all. But 
I guess I don't want to drive to California even less. You right. Know? I mean, driving to California is a real pain, and yep. that's that's where they really got you. Yeah. But it's those it's those closer trips that people are just making choices in their mind. That sort of psychological economics where they're deciding what they're going to do. The TSA is driving more people to take car rides. Car mm-hmm. rides are more dangerous than plane rides. Yes. Therefore, the TSA is killing Americans. It has not caught a single terrorist, and it's killing Americans. And there's a definite cost also to people's time and everything else. I mean, it's just it's getting really out of hand. And people are saying soon they're going to be on the roads. There are already immigration checkpoints in some places, sure. anywhere within 100 miles of the border, right? Um, you can, they right. can put a checkpoint. Until Americans just start you know, raising such a fuss with the TSA that they, you know, they're, they're like people are quitting because they're having nervous breakdowns. They're quitting the TSA. I mean, and it's tough they're to quitting get They're quitting the TSA? Yeah. Well, if you can oh, wow. make people quit, this is the only thing I can figure out. Yeah. What can Americans do about the TSA? Well, obviously, your senator and representative, your Congress critters aren't going to do anything about it. No. You can write them and ask them to, please make this TSA thing stop. But it's not going to. <laughs> and the only thing, I guess, the only thing you can do is make... The, make doing the job of being a TSA officer so awful that they just start quitting in mass, which yeah. is pretty unlikely when you're talking about a sweet, sweet government job with a pen and Oh, all yeah. That and there'll be people Tommy. lined up to replace them, too, because in some places it's so hard to get a job. That's one of the only things that's available. Sure. Well, Wait, but- didn't we talk to someone once on the show who was saying that he basically applied for a job with the TSA? And then when he went through the interview process, he kind of realized I'm not comfortable doing this for my work. And he just backed out. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one guy, right? It's one guy. But yeah, that's that's the point. I mean, for every person who's principled. I'm not even advocating that. I think that there needs to be a certain level of security on airlines. I don't think the government knows what that level of security is. I think the most efficient, um, inefficient agencies in the world are governments. And the last ones we would want to trust with uh, security. But, you know, what are you going to do? Sure. I don't know what you're going to do, but the TSA government programs tend to grow. And if a secondary pat down at the gate, a, a, a secondary pat down at the gate isn't too much. If roving bands at uh, at different uh, bus stations, pulling all the passengers off buses, shaking them da- down, shaking down the buses, trains, they're doing the same thing. It, I mean, it's I guess, ratcheting up. It really is. You know, immigration checkpoints on the road yeah. where they you know they'll, they'll go through your car if they feel like it and of course they're getting the kids used to it at schools because they're getting middle detectors and all kinds of security measures Absolutely. at schools too well now the, uh, i guess there's uh, biometric uh, ratings i guess they're having kids uh, give give their thumbprint to get their um, oh in Texas in Texas yeah to yeah, get their to get their uh, paid for government meal you know hey we want <laughs> want to make sure you're not giving your milk away to somebody else so you got to put your thumbprint down here wow and, and so I mean yeah I mean it is becoming really kind of strange but then again Disney World asks you for your thumbprint too so a private mm-hmm. business can ask for a thumbprint mm-hmm. and I guess it's legitimate if a private business asks you can decide I'm not going to Disney World and you can turn around and leave if you want you can't really decide not to um, um, it's it's hard to opt out of something like travel, though. You sure. know what I mean? <laughs> like, really are you going to be isolated in your house for the rest of your life, or are you going to really inconvenience well, yourself to the do? The government like- is supposed to be there in order to increase the economy, in order to make the economy better. But when people <laughs> are saying, you know what, screw it, I don't want to go to California for business, yeah. I'm not going to go then they're damaging the economy. The TSA damages the economy. My personal airline travel is down about 95% over the past couple years. What do you think? It's 855-450-FREE to get in touch with us this evening. Tell us your TSA horror stories or bring up whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live. 
A science fiction comic adventure from Big Head Press. Quantum Vibe. It's year 2523. There are colonies on Venus, Mars, and Mercury. People travel in bubbles, fly at hyperspeed. With brain implants and artificial gravity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system. On a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. There's a robot girl and zany creatures made with genetically engineered features. And corporate villains crave the opportunity to steal a profit from mother's ingenuity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system. On a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Sunday Night Edition. We are live, and uh, it's Stephanie with you. And Mark. You can call us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733 to bring up whatever's on your mind. And I didn't get a chance to remind you because we had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties at the beginning of the last segment, but freetalklive.com is our website where you can actually find a really cool, unique feature that uh, shows you how to submit your own stories uh, to the site, and people will vote them up or vote them down based on how much they like them. And if they make it to the top of the page, a lot of people will see them, including us, and sometimes we check that for show prep. So freetalklive.com, it's right there at the top of the page for you. If you're looking for camping, hunting, sur- or survival, or, or shooting gear, it, it's hunting season right now in many places yeah. around America. And, you know, the place to go, manventureoutpost.com. They can get you your supplies very quickly, can get you the name brands, and get you, get them to you at prices that uh, you'll be very surprised by. I haven't been able to find any outdoor gear any place else that was more expensive, that was less expensive, excuse me, than manventureoutpost.com. So check there before you buy anything. It's uh, They've got knives and ammunition. Everybody's looking for ammunition right now. Scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. They've got everything you need. They're family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and you can get an additional 5% off with coupon code F. FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live at manventureoutpost.com. Yep, doesn't hurt to check out those prices. And uh, let's go right to the phones, Mark. We're going to talk with Mike listening on XM Extreme Talk. Mike, are you with us? I'm with you. Hey, hey um, I'll, I'll take my chances with Al Qaeda. It's the corrupt cops that really scare me. Are you saying that there's no Al Qaeda, that it's more like a creation of the CIA? Because I've heard that idea before for sure. Oh, most definitely. And this is the funniest thing of it all. Is, uh, it's it's such a fraud and a sham, and it's really getting old. Like, the government has gotten about as much mileage out of the terrorist threat that they can. That's why we're seeing this trend, a shift towards cyber terrorism, because it's much cleaner and easier, because they can blame anybody and say it affects anybody. And, you know, and they you don't can, have to go then they can use it to restrict stuff, the Internet. You know? Yeah, I exactly. think they... Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. 
I'm sorry about that. I get so excited when you talk about terrorism because <laughs> it's the greatest deception ever perpetrated on a populace. And for starters, it's a tactic. I mean, it's a tactic used to bring about social or political change. And I think people are finally becoming aware of it. Like when something blows up, people are no longer horrified at the explosion and the body parts. People immediately say, well, huh, I wonder why that happened. You know, I I wonder what the real the real agenda was on this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems to me that, uh, you know, if by what they mean by terrorism is people that aren't working for governments um, generally or for working for governments that we don't like. But I think that terror is is a tactic that governments have used throughout the ages. Um, I, you know, interesting quote I just uh, heard today, and it's uh, from Pompey, the, the Roman general. Uh, that I guess Caesar fought. And it's, uh, you know, stop talking to us about your laws. We have swords. And I, I mean, you know, what's that sound like? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think terrorism is simply a tactic of people that are in the government or would rule you. And so, I mean, the, the, yeah, the people a tactic in the government of control. would never want to have the term used on them. So they're just they just use it for the bad people. And I think that some of the bad people, whoever they are, certainly do use terrorism tactics. But we don't know which ones, uh, you know, it's difficult to know. Like when uh, the the thing happened to Japan with the the nuclear plant, uh, power plant. Oh, Fukushima. Fukushima. Everybody was like, is it terrorists? Uh, You know, and it was obviously this uh, this tidal wave. And there's all kinds of things that happen. uh, And people are wondering, is this terrorism? Is that terrorism? Mike? Yeah, it's. It's just so, I mean, it's just so preposterous and absurd. And then when you find out that CNN has sound stages and, uh, you know, sets that look like Middle Eastern countries and they produce news bits, you know, that aren't, you know, that take place in the Mojave Desert, but they say it's Libya and things like this. When things like that come out. Do they really? I hadn't heard about that. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. Oh, yeah. Type in uh, fake CNN news sets, stuff, something like that will pull up whatever you need to see. But, um, yeah, there's, there's, CNN has Middle East-looking uh, sound stages where they produce bits of uh, news bites for, uh, you know, to help mislead us. But yeah. it, it is really fake, and I think that cyber terror- terrorism is much cleaner, and that's going to be the next wave. It's the next frontier. Mike, uh, thanks for the call tonight. You know, I had a friend who worked in, um, you know, making those sort of those animal movies. That, not the movies, but the animal sort of uh, shorts. You know, this is, this is the lion stalking its prey. And he said... <laughs> If you've yeah. ever seen, if you've ever worked doing these things, you'd never watch one of them again because apparently they're you know just they're put together. They you know they 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 cajole the animals into doing things. They're you know taking pieces of uh, you know they're completely unrelated pieces wow. and splicing them together. Interesting. That kind of thing. And, so I don't know. I'm not going to claim to know what's going on with the CIA or, you know, Fukushima or any of those things. Uh, you know, I, we're all just consuming what we're consuming in the news cycle. Well, I absolutely agreed with that, um, that sentiment that the government basically milks um, terror for all it's worth. Like they wanted I think they it was pretty clear that they wanted to keep Americans in a perpetual state of fear, never having really gotten over what happened on 9-11, you know, they want to just keep reopening those wounds and never have anyone really, 
move on and heal from it and stop being a victim. Well, I want some I think some people in the government want that. And, and yeah. you know, that's what the government sells. The government sells security. Mm-hmm. And any organi- organization that sells security wants you to buy fear. And if you've got fear, then they can sell security. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, that that's really what the government has all along. Except if, it's a false sense of security. Because it's indeed, yeah, it's it more just an illusion. If we ceased being scared of every of a terrorist behind every uh, rock or uh, you know left behind pipe or something like that, then we would probably start demanding far better customer service from this agency mm-hmm. known as the state, yeah. which is probably completely un- unable to provide that customer service. Yeah, because we're really not customers. We're forced to take their services whether we want them or not, and we're forced to pay for them. So it's really not the same relationship that a business has with its customer. It's a it's an involuntary one. Businesses would love to have those relationships with their customers. I'd like to have customers. That <laughs> yeah, let's force everybody to, to listen to Free Talk Live and buy ads on it, right? <laughs> right. That would be really, really a pretty awesome setup for us, but... Then Free Talk Live probably wouldn't be as good of a show as it is yeah, today. Right. I mean, now you know, we have to convince people to I'm listen. I'm just going to hire somebody to come in and do it for me. At, you know, and yeah. I could take a cruise around the country, you know, or whatever. Right. So, Mark, speaking of the whole terrorism thing, I guess the um, war in Afghanistan has reached its has entered its twelfth year, and there's a news uh, story about that from RT, which is um, it's interestingly enough one of the few pieces of uh, or one of the few periodicals that has sort of a consistent track record of printing critical things of the U.S. government? Well, one thing we certainly didn't get um, very much of is why did the terrorists attack us on 9-11? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it's we, we have all kinds of people conjecturing they hate our way of life and, you know, Coca-Cola and Britney Spears and their religious stuff and they're in the Stone Age and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, some of the things that they've said all along is, is they don't like the, you know, the, when you read these manifestos, they don't like the support uh, the United States gives Israel, which I don't think the United States should be getting support to any country at all. Zero right. countries. They don't yeah. like that the United States is backing up uh, kings in Saudi Arabia, Yemen, and all around the Middle East, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't want a foreign country backing up a ruler in this country either. Yeah. I think that people in this country should be able to make those decisions. Yeah, it's time to avoid entangling alliances like, who is that that said that? One of the founding George fathers. Washington. George Washington. Thank you, Mark. 855-450-FREE is our phone number here on Free Talk Live. Give us a call. Bring up whatever's on your mind. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Sunday night edition with uh, Stephanie and Mark. And you're welcome to share your thoughts with us tonight at 855-450-FREE. We've kind of been talking about the uh, the whole 
perpetual state of war that the U.S. empire is engaged in, uh, TSA security ratcheting up. And of course, this is also a show where we take your calls about whatever's on your mind. So as I mentioned, uh, one more time, our number is 855-450-FREE. And also, um, if you just want to remind you, if you want uh, a couple different ways to listen to Free Talk Live, check out listen.freetalklive.com. That contains information about the live streams, radio affiliates, the satellite, our webcam, so you can actually watch us do the show, and uh, also with the listen lines. So there's all different kinds of ways to get Free Talk Live into your ears, and they're all free over at listen.freetalklive.com. Here on Free Talk Live, we, we're always talking about uh, you know some ways to protect your money against the ever-inflating U.S. dollar. And by inflating, I mean they're printing more and more of them to the tune of $40 billion a month buying, well, that's the, the new QE3, uh, buying distressed mortgages, uh, so crap investments. And that's, you know, that's not going to go well. If you want to protect your money, one of the ways to do that is to get into precious metals, um, whether it's gold or silver, depending on how much you have and uh, what do you intend to use it for, either as a hedge against inflation or an investment or barter currency. You might want to pick between those two. And the best way to get them is to go to gold.freetalklive.com because not only will you get them, you'll be, you know, they're going to get them to you quickly. Midas Resources is the one we've teamed up with to fulfill these orders. They're going to give you some of the best rates, and it's going to benefit Free Talk Live. So before you buy, go to gold.freetalklive.com. All right. Uh, Mark, let's go right into a phone call. Tom's on the line, listening in New Hampshire. Tom, are you here? Yes, and it's about slavery. <clears throat> many, many years ago, if slavery was perfectly legal in the United States. And uh, the thing is, there was a lot of people called abolitionists who came up with some pretty good arguments against slavery. Yeah. But the reason that that didn't work is because the enemies of liberty could just brush it all off and slap a possessive adjective on it and say, that's just your opinion. See, so this is what the enemies of liberty do, and it's pretty much what they do nowadays, too, when uh, confronted with a perfectly valid line of irrefutable uh, logical reasoning, they don't care. They just slap a possessive adjective on it. So you're and saying, Tom, that you think you know ethics are universal, morality is universal, it should apply equally, equally to everyone? There's a correct opinion <laughs> and wrong opinion with slavery. There's correct opinion and wrong opinion regarding uh, drug laws. The government. There's an opinion whether the government has a right to impose drug control laws, okay? The correct opinion is the government has no such right. Not just our opinion, it's the correct opinion. Do they have a right to keep slaves? No, they do not. That's the correct answer. It's not a fact, it's an opinion, but slapping a possessive adjective on it doesn't make it any less valid. You know, this is one thing that I've heard in the past is, um, you know, pe- when you when you point out to people, and I'm not talking about the show. Usually, when people call in the show, they're willing, they're ready to talk about ideas and, and that kind of thing. But um, they'll, you know, when I've uh, addressed issues like, "Hey, you need to get out of my business. This is none of your business." Um, you know, it's they'll say, "Well, let we can agree to disagree." On this issue, like, for instance, uh, you know, public schools and me being forced to fund them, right. even though I'd have no intention of ever sending my child to one, um, you know, and every dollar that's taken from 
me is in fact taken from my kids' education in order to fund other people's kids' education. And if your kid's in school and you're advocating for this, you just want to steal from my kid to give to your kid. I mean, it's really nothing different than the sandbox. But people will say, oh, well, let's just agree to, we can just agree to disagree. No, we can't agree to disagree. If you want to agree that this is stealing, then we can agree that you are advocating stealing, but we can't agree that it's not stealing. Well, right. It's like you really don't have the option to disagree because you can't opt out of paying for that thing that you don't support, right? They're, in this case, their opinion that you should pay for the schools or whatever is backed by force. You right. you have to comply with it or else you'll get hurt. It's the intellectual equivalent of sticking your fingers in your ears and going, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> now, Tom? In, it's very important to remember, in Maryland, okay, we ended, or we the abolitionists, that's us, the good guys, we ended slavery using ballots. There was a referendum, and effective November 1st, 1864, slavery was eliminated in Maryland using ballots. Meanwhile, the war against secession was turned into a war to end slavery. That's what it had to become in order for Lincoln to get the war hawks past the 1862 elections. September 22nd, 1862, Lincoln said, okay, now it's going to be a war to end slavery. And in, in order to get them reelected, okay, but that's what it took was a war to get the slaves freed because the uh, enemies of liberty don't care about uh, that they're wrong. They well, just didn't the was the war wasn't really about opinion. freeing the slaves. And thank you for the call, Tom. Isn't that have you heard that before, Mark? I mean, well, they, I think that the the war was to some extent about slavery, the, uh, the the civil war, the war between the states, the war of northern aggression, whatever you want to call it. But I don't think that it requires a war in order to end it. No, uh, everywhere else in the world, it ended on its own peacefully without any kind of. Uh, I don't know war. that it was entirely peaceful, but it was uh, you know it was ended without a war. It fizzles out basically. It, right. Well, it's an inefficient um, economic system once enough people have turned against it right you know when uh, for instance netflix uh recently it's been a couple of a few months but they were going to stop their uh they wanted to split their online streaming and their uh video disc rental oh yeah business. what was it called quickster or, quickster something. or something like that yeah. they wanted to split it and then the whole internet blows up and like ah People didn't want that. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to react to public opinion to some extent or another. Right. So when a public opinion turns against a particular practice, in this case, chattel slavery, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, all they did was come up with a different slavery. As far as I'm concerned, citizenship is the new slavery. Right. Slavery 2.0. It doesn't well, care what color it you really are. It wasn't any different. It was just a step up from slavery all along because, uh, you know, that's what it was. I mean, citizenship existed in the past and, and you had different levels of lords and vassals and serfs and freemen and merchants and things like that. But if you've got to pay money to the lord for the land on which you reside, that's what they used to call quit rents. Right. But now they call property taxes. There's really no operable difference except to whom they go. Exactly. I was going to say, sound familiar. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly you the same. Them. And if uh, in slavery they they take the fruits of the slaves' labor and and you know sell them and use them as they at their pleasure. Really, what's the difference between that and and an income tax? I mean, it's the fruits of my labor. Taking money from me is the fruits of my labor. Yeah, that's a great question. It's a different amount they're taking from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what Dallas has to say, listening in Texas. Dallas? Hey, uh, my thoughts on the Civil War is I believe it was more about state rights. I think the slavery is just a, uh, uh, a, a well, what would now be considered modern-day media spin. Yeah, I've heard that. 
to help Lincoln uh, regain the presidency. If you look at Lincoln's writings himself, he expressed a lot of, um, frankly, racist sentiments. Everybody expressed racist sentiments at the time. And I agree with you that it probably that what Lincoln's main concern was with was uh, the preservation of the Union. But I think that we do a disservice to history when we don't point out that four of the documents uh, that, uh, you know, these states that the states that seceded mention directly slavery as one of the reasons. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a hugely contentious issue. Well, slavery, you know, was around thousands of years before it was ever popular in America. Different types of chattel slavery. The black man sold his own race into slavery. The Chinese sold their own race into slavery. Indeed. I'm sure you can find I'm sure you can find uh, white people that would sell white people into slavery right no, now right now I mean, too. They do it today. It's it's yep. called the sex trade. I mean, and uh what I really called about tonight was I I've been in a discussion over the past couple of days with uh truly that uh status. They they're very adamant about you must be a good citizen. You must be a good citizen. The military okay. is yeah, the military is there to protect you and I said, "Okay, well, you know, what facts do you base that that opinion on. I mean, who are they protecting? From? That's a good question, Dallas. If you wouldn't mind, hold that thought, please. I've got some questions. Yeah, I'm curious to hear the rest of this. Uh, Free Talk Live is the show. 855-450-FREE is our phone number. Tell us your thoughts about slavery, the Civil War, the war between the states, or whatever's on your mind. Free Talk Live. There's more coming up. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. It's the live Sunday night edition. Uh, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And uh, please visit our website, freetalklive.com. There's a treat for you there if you are so inclined to visit. If you go to archives.freetalklive.com, there you will find MP3 archives of Free Talk Live going all the way back to late 2006. I mean, that is just a ton of audio content and uh, I think even searchable for certain topics. So if there's something you want to hear discussed or if you want to just hear a random show, that's a great place to do it. Uh, One more time, archives.freetalklive.com. And best of all, they're all provided for you for free. So, um, Mark, should we go back to Dallas here? He's he wanted to ask us some questions about talking with military supporters and status. Dallas, are you still here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here, man. Just hanging on. Okay. Yeah, go ahead with your thoughts. Well, you know, it was I was just trying to get the answer to where they're protected from because it seems that whoever it is that the state tells us they're protecting us from is something that they've manufactured through federally mm-hmm. in, in business that we have no business doing. And and for someone to say, well, they're protecting our interests. Well, are they? Or are they protecting the elitist interest? Right, and this is I mean, kind of this is the collectivist mindset that suggests that uh, the country's interests, in any way, shape, or form, mirror 
the average middle class or lower class or even upper middle class individuals' interests. It's my interest to have lower gas prices. I'll give you that. And I can remember before before the Iraq invasion, some people saying, well, you know, if nothing else, we'll at least get some lower gas prices out of it. <laughs> Did and that happen? It was exactly yeah, right. the opposite yeah. um, was the outcome. Mm. Well, it happened up until the middle of the term, and then, of course, right before re-election, they drop it by 50 or 75 cents, and everybody goes, oh, look what he did. Yep. Well, it, it, it's, it, it boggles my mind that, that now that I can see what they're doing, I'm really sad that I was asleep for so many years and, and really not questioning or following the money or, or knowing the true nature of the Bush family or the Clintons or, or any of that. Yeah. And, and it, I, I, it's, it's one big I don't think most Americans are going to look at those kind of things. I mean, that's not their – it's just not the, the kind of thing that they're going to look at. But, you know, I, I, where, first off, where are you having these discussions? Uh, is this an online discussion? Uh, online, face, yeah. Facebook. We started name drop there. Uh, no, it's no but, problem. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Please. And, Facebook you know, is ubiquitous. <laughs> it's half the Internet. My, I don't use my proper name, and, you know, I'm accused of being a coward. And, you know, uh, I believe in privacy. Yeah, there's nothing not wrong with hide. wanting privacy. You know, and Dallas, I'm not trying it's... trying to hide anything, but, but you know, the, the, the general thought is, well, you know, your statements can't be taken credibly, creditably, creditably, I'm sorry. Credibly? Your statements can't be taken credibly if you don't, if you're not out there as you. Well, my whole deal is how I use the Internet is to throw information out there. And if someone wants to engage me in, a, in an intelligent conversation about things, then I'm all for it. Mm. But what, what I found is, whether it's a liberal or a conservative, as soon as you start to oppose their views that they have been brought in in their life, all their life, they, they resort to name-calling and they resort to violence, and you should go to jail since you're not paying your taxes. And, wow. I'm, you know, I'm sorry you're having that experience. That's, oh, that's no, tough, I'm, and I can relate I'm to not. it, too. You know, Del, I'm I was going to say... Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's good. Um, I, I was just going to drop in here that the Internet is notorious because it's hard to ha- have conversations when you can't convey things like tone or facial expressions. Those are a huge part of communication. And sometimes when people read uh, text, I've seen studies that say they interpret uh, the text more in an, in the same frame of reference as their own mood at the time, rather yeah. than what the person actually meant. So if a person's having a bad day and they read your comment, or they're they, just surly. Yeah. Uh, then they, they can take it as completely like the opposite of what you actually meant. So it can be really difficult to have, productive conversations online and i would say about the the name calling once they resort to that that's when you know they've lost an argument and uh well and, yeah. and then they're not really worth the time to go on and try it yeah. i'm not trying to change anybody's views i just want you to have an alternative viewpoint because some of the information is is validated through facts i True. mean it's not it's not a fiction it's not something that somebody has used to try and brainwash you like most of, of the population has. Yeah, people you know, don't like it when you present an alternative view. And uh, Dallas, thanks for the call tonight. You know, there's this... Uh this old folk tale about the tar baby where you like the touch you hit the tar baby and then your arm's stuck in it and then you hit it again and you're stuck <laughs> in it again and uh, it's got a lot of racial overtones to it but i think that there's uh there there's some to me 
uh, in online discussions uh, tend to be the tar baby of our of our generation. Because here's what will happen. Don't wrestle with a pig. Right. Everybody's going to get full of dirt or something. <laughs> right. And the pig's going to enjoy it. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, or, or throw your pearls to swine or yeah. you know, all these things. And, and it's when I it'll happen to me all the time. Somebody will put something on my Facebook feed that I'm like, oh, God, I've got to say something. <laughs> and then I'll put down a one liner in there and then it's on. Right. And then I've so I, I'll, I'll end up having to, to correspond two or three times. And then I'm like, you know. I've just realized what the lesson I've learned over and over again, which is you can't fix people's thinking on the Internet. They're just they're wrong or they're right or you're wrong or whatever it is. Your opinion is your opinion. Theirs is theirs. And they're not going to change it online because they won't even in general. Generally, when you're discussing things with people online, you can't even get them to have a honest discussion, let alone change their mind i mean just yeah. let's let's talk about the facts here and you just can't and they wear you it wears you down and it ends up being the uh the the, the pig that enjoys the mu- the mud the most is the one that's declared the winner of the mud hole and uh, you know, yeah i usually end up just just going by the saying don't feed the trolls like yeah. even if some someone says something that inflames me or i don't like i just have to remind myself look i don't my time is really limited i don't have a chance to engage on this right now. And Mark, you know, I'm interested in nonviolent communication, um, you know, which is a sort of a way of connecting with people um, empathetically. Sure. But it's really difficult to... Or attempting to. <laughs> yeah. It, and it's really difficult to do that with text-only yeah. communication. Like, it's much easier to do that when you can actually look into the person's face and, and talk to them. Even a voice conversation is better than online because it's just... It's just so difficult to pick up all the, the tone and stuff like that. And also when you're when you have that sort of style of back and forth, like uh, somebody writes a block of text or a paragraph, and then you wait maybe a 24 hours for a response or something like that, then it can really kind of just break up the flow. And so, yeah, those conversations sometimes go downhill really fast. And I, I think that one of the things that I've found myself doing is I'll jump in initially, and this is where I think this is disingenuous. I'll jump in initially and then say, you know what, I've run out of interest in this. If you care to talk about it some more in a way that's productive, you can call me at uh, you know eight five five four five zero three seven three three between yeah. seven p and ten p Eastern time any day of the week except Friday when I'm um, off, and we can discuss this on the air mm. where we can actually have uh, a discussion and we can come to some kind of um, you know. Conclusion, hey, and more than, people can hear their opinion, right? They could get it in front of a lot more than their just their Facebook feed. But when I jump in and do it, and then promote my show, it just sounds like I'm promoting my show rather than um, you know here on the the Twitter feeds or something like that. If uh, or the the Facebook feeds when we're hooting out during the program, if somebody has a, a problem with what we say, mm-hmm. it's very easy to say, "Hey, you got a disagreement? Call in at eight five five four five zero three seven three three, and we can right. talk about it." None of them ever do. Right. But- I was just about to say it's so rare for anybody to actually call. Right. I've had the same experience it's easy too. To sit behind the computer screen and snipe <laughs> at people. Yeah. Um, and it, like, it is easier, I would say. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have a problem calling in, but I'm kind of extroverted. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would call in. If somebody did that to me, I would absolutely call in because I believe that I could handle them. I can only assume that that, that person believes for whatever reason, whether they're, you know, Mike shy or whether they're, you know, they don't think they have a good position, whatever their reason yeah, is. They think they're at the disadvantage because you can hang up on them or whatever. Whatever. And this certainly that it's a true statement that the talk show host has an advantage over the caller. But 
I've had my opinions swayed by people on the air, and I'm not going to claim I didn't. Sure. I hope that I've got the kind of mind that d- will will not allow me to reject facts and uh, conclusions that come that are brought to by logic. Mm. Have and, you had your opinions swayed by people on Facebook? Just curious about that. There, there must be somewhere sometime, <laughs> but I can't remember you, anything. You think it's more likely to happen during an actual conversation where you can hear the person's voice? I think so. Yeah. And I think that that's why talk radio is such a powerful medium and that why Free Talk Live is the single best method of bringing the ideas of liberty to the general public. Yeah. There's lots of people in the liberty movement that are trying to bring the ideas of liberty to students or academics or politicians. Mm -hmm. But very... Good luck with the politicians. Very, very few. (laughs) Well, the politicians will use the information when it's useful to them. Yeah. But... Generally, they're going to use the information only what's useful to they them. They use you as a means to their own ends. Uh, it's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE is our number. We'd love to hear your voice and hear your comments tonight. Uh, hour 2 is coming up. I think we're going to get into the uh, war in, the, in Afghanistan reaching its 12th year. So don't go away. It's Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the realtor mark warden do you want a home with 20 acres a lakeside cabin any takers for renters buyers and sellers too mark warden is the guy for you porcupinerealestate.com This is Free Talk Live, starting off hour two of the live Sunday night show. It's Stephanie. And Mark. And freetalklive.com is our website. One more time. I would like to remind the audience that if you want to get updates about Free Talk Live, uh, we can let you know by email if something important happens with the show, like we uh, add a new radio affiliate or something like that. You may find out that Free Talk Live is now on in your area. And uh, you can sign up for our email list at news.freetalklive.com. There you'll also find Free Talk Live's Facebook and Twitter pages, where uh, those are more like uh, up-to-the-minute updates during the show. We'll tweet out articles and Things, uh, topics of discussion, you know, it may remind you to tune in or get you interested in something that we're talking about. And uh, you can also go and sort of interact with other listeners there, too. So news.freetalklive.com is where you'll find both our email list and our Twitter and Facebook sites. So, um, Mark, we were going to talk about um, we don't have any calls on the line right now, but we were going to talk about the um, the 12th year of war in Afghanistan. Yeah, this is uh, an interesting article from RT. And it's uh, here. It says it's entitled. The Taliban says, we win, you lose. They jeer at U.S. and NATO as uh, the Afghan war enters its 12th year. NATO forces are fleeing Afghanistan in humiliation and disgrace, claims the Taliban in the U.S. Is that your Taliban voice? Yeah, that's <laughs> I've got to work on my Taliban voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, proclaims the uh, Taliban in the U.S.-led war in the country in- enters its 12th year with the help of Allah. Which, of course, you know, God's always on your side, right? Because uh, he's never on the side of the other people. The, va- the uh, valiant Afghans under the jihadi leadership of Islamic Emirates, notice they don't call themselves uh, Al-Qaeda, defend the military, uh, defend the military might and 
uh, defeated, excuse me, I just can't read this. It's uh, very small here. <laughs> and uh, numerous strategies of the American and NATO alliance, the Taliban said in a statement Sunday, foreign voice, forces have already started leaving the country, ravaged by war on the um, terror in the U.S. proclaimed after uh, the 9-11 attacks on New York and Washington. So it's, I mean, you know, obviously some countries are leaving the, uh, you know, this NATO-led uh, force. They've they've left Afghanistan. They don't see anything there for themselves. And the Taliban, or I guess here what they're calling themselves, the Islamic Emirates, uh, are claiming victory as a result. Uh, Barack Obama has said that we, the United States military, is going to, uh, are going to leave, I think it's 2014 is the intended drawdown or whatever. And, well, you know, they they say they've won. And it's kind of interesting. I mean, it, mm. it just smacks of Vietnam all over again. Oh, yes. And it smacks of Russia's intervention in Afghanistan and uh, Great Britain's intervention in Afghanistan pr- prior to that. And, and by the way, you don't hear this on New York, New U.S. Uh, news sources. I mean, it's it's like RT is the only one who's willing to publish something with the Taliban basically saying, yeah, nah, nah, we, <laughs> we're winning, right? <laughs> It's it's true, and one thing that you, you don't that we, you don't get to hear is that for one thing, what they the Al Qaeda leadership said is is that we're going to mire the United States in a foreign war that's going to cost them trillions, and then they're going to you know their empire is going to crumble as a result. Yeah, how far are they from the truth? We are now entering it, what the th- what, fourth year of the deepest economic crisis this country's seen since the Great Depression, and I wonder if the United States had, uh, or businesses thereof, and individuals had all the money that has been spent, uh, and the the lives, uh, you know, the, the the labor of the people over there that have lost their lives and the their minds and their limbs, if they had all these things as a productive part of their economy. Rather than having wasted them on a country that said that they would give Osama bin Laden over to a neutral third country and George Bush turned them down. Yeah. If if the United States had that, would we be in this great this great recession? It's a great question. And I, I'd like to invite comments from the listeners. 855-450-FREE is our phone number. 855-450-3733. I mean, can you justify continuing this war? Because I can't. I never could I, I in the first place. Out what what the United States military is doing over there? No, uh, yeah, I mean, me neither. It's, some people have claimed that we're passing out, uh, you know, goodies to uh, local leaders and stuff like that. But I mean, they're doing that in Africa too, and they don't need to send troops there to do it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, is it is it to prevent the Taliban from getting in charge? Because George Bush was happy to have the Taliban in charge. Didn't care anything about Bill Clinton. Didn't care anything about the Taliban until they said they were unwilling to turn o- over Osama bin Laden um, directly and to the United States. The goalposts keep shifting too, because at first it was like, okay, well we have to go there to catch Osama bin Laden, mm-hmm. and then they they kept catching the number two guy. Do you yeah, remember this? A lot of twos, Every yeah. week there was a number two guy. There was a whole was... lot of number two going on. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. In more ways than one. But uh, but then, you know, finally, they supposedly got Osama bin Laden, right, which I'm supposed to believe. Yeah, that the whole thing was a little fishy, wasn't it? Right. He was I, buried you know, at sea or whatever. I don't know. I don't know anything about anything. But really, I, I'm just supposed to believe this story. Oh, yeah, we got him. And there's no pictures. Screw you. Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to give him a trial. No evidence. Yeah. So and so, you know, what are they doing there now that they've accomplished this so-called goal? And then they had remember they had those benchmarks, right? Didn't 
George Bush had a set of like playing cards. Uh, that was for uh, uh, Iraq, though. The playing cards. Were oh, I got you. I yeah. see they all blend together for me because it's just so pointless. Um, but yeah, he had a, a list of benchmarks and um, there was a deadline for meeting them and none of them were met at the deadline. So he said, OK, well, we're going to meet him by 2014 and then Obama was going to finish it. And it's just a total mess. Now, after 11 years, this is my um, Al-Qaeda voice again. Getting better. Now, after 11 years of unceasing terror, tyranny, crimes, and savagery, they are fleeing Afghanistan with such humiliation and disgrace that they are struggling to provide an explanation. Mm, indeed. I, I, say, <laughs> I agree more with him than the, than the U.S. news sources. I say that the United States military isn't particularly fleeing as much as they are, uh, you know, the, 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 the Washington, D.C. is struggling for an explanation for staying. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, when the, the guy that's uh, put in uh, Karzai, the guy that's put in charge there, the, 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 the puppet leader, mm. when his brother is running child prostitution rings and drug running rings and... United States contractors are having little boy gay parties for this guy. Hey, this stuff's documented. You don't have to believe me. In, go in look the it mainstream up. news, yeah. In the and, mainstream U.S. news, yeah. you can go look it up. And the U.S. is doing nothing about that. Then yeah, I think it, all credibility is gone. When U.S. Mm. troops are guarding poppy fields, but they're arresting heroin users here in the United States, yeah. screw you and your stinking war. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't understand why anybody's willing to go fight them for it. Or to pay for it. I, I can't. I, I just, I can't understand why they'd pay for it or any, I can't understand any of it. I mean, people don't. I understand don't, why people pay. Yeah, I, I pay do too. Because I'm scared. Yeah. And that's a really sad reason to pay, you know, I don't for something it. that you don't support because there's essentially a gun to your head, yeah, you know? And, and you know what? I voted in the most recent election. They tell me that if I vote that I get the opportunity to complain, uh, that somehow my voice will be heard. <laughs> now, I think it's nonsense. Uh, agreed. But I didn't, you know, I you didn't voted. Vo- I didn't vote. So one of us can complain, right? One no matter who's talking. To, to, to complain. <laughs> but and we're both complaining. So I didn't there you vote go. For this war, I can assure you of that. So do I get to stop paying for it now? Now that I've made my voice heard? Yeah. No, no, because it's the tyranny of the majority. And the majority is too scared to vote for a third party. So therefore, we're going to get one of the two crap sandwiches that's being offered up. In their defense, they don't really have much of an opportunity to vote for a third party because there's so many restrictive ballot access laws. If voting even. There is a third party that is on in 48 or 49 states. The Libertarian Party is on in 48 or 49 states. Yeah, I mean, but they're not let into the debates. They don't get the press coverage. I mean, there is is a system. Enough about Republicans and Democrats to know you don't want to vote for them? Oh yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily vote for anybody. I mean, I don't feel comfortable supporting anybody. So I hear you, but yeah. I, I'm saying that don't you think that the American public knows enough about Republicans and Democrats at this point to know that there's no point and in voting for them? The young people do. I mean, I saw somebody post. Um, I was looking at Facebook the other day, and I caught out of the corner of my eye a, a musical artist who I like that doesn't. You know, as far as I know, I, they didn't have any liberty leanings as far as their politics, but they posted something like, um, the young people in this country aren't represented by either party, so is it any wonder that they don't pay attention to politics or they don't want to participate? It's no wonder to me. Yeah, me neither. And uh, do you do you still vote? Do you still pay attention to politics? Let us know, 855-450-FREE. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Do the two major parties represent you? It's Free Talk Live.
Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at Mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the live Sunday night edition. This is Stephanie. And Mark. And uh, freetalklive.com is our website. I would like to remind you that if you're listening during our window where we normally do the show, which is 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern time, you can tune into the studio cam and you can actually watch us do the show. So it becomes sort of like a TV show. Mark is a... Wild eyedly waving to the camera. A, a TV show that, <laughs> that why would you, you want to watch? Why you would watch on television? <laughs> well, some people apparently really like it. So, uh, if you, yes, they do. If you'd like to do that, and, oh, and there's also a chat room there. So, if you want to connect with other Free Talk Live listeners, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com to watch us do the show and chat. Mark, I would like to go right back into the phones. Ty is on the line in uh, Tennessee, and Ty, you wanted to talk about revisionist history. Yeah, I've got a question. I'm trying to figure out how in the world or if we will ever, uh, the liberty-minded folks, because I don't think I'd get any argument here that on, on this show that uh, uh, Roosevelt actually prolonged the Great Depression. He didn't save the, the U.S. from yeah. the Great Depression. He actually made it longer. Yeah. But there's so many prevailing myths in U.S. history such as that and the and the idea that World War II got us out of the Great Depression. <laughs> mm, that's what people are taught. They have the advantage of the government schools teaching both of those things. And if you actually look at some different alternative sources on that, you'll find out that eh, there's definitely another side to the there, story. There is an aspect of reality to World War II having got the United States out of the, um, the, the Great Depression. Let me explain that to you. Because when you produce goods, um, generally you have competition. But when your competition is lying and smoking rubble, it's difficult for them to mobilize factories and those kind of things in the short term. So what the United States did was build market share in the amount of time because the United States never really got attacked. Yes, I mean, I know there's some minor things in like Washington State and Alaska, but I mean, never really got attacked. And so you didn't have these, uh, you know, this their whole manufacturing area laid to, to waste by bombing like they you know, did with Dresden and things like that. They actually firebombed uh, the Allies, firebombed civilians in Dresden, Germany, because they had run out of factories to bomb in Germany. So, I mean, there, Yikes. there was no way to for the the other countries to compete because there just weren't any factories out there. All the countries well, that produced things had been laid waste, and the United States was the only one left. But we should make something clear, though, Mark. Is but war I mean, doesn't get you out of a depression because you can't. In the same way that um, that you could increase your family's wealth by going out and taking a baseball bat to the windows of your car, would somehow be the same way that war spending would generally bring a country out of a great depression. I'm just saying that. Yeah, that money case, has to come from somewhere, right? And it was it was coming from um, well, borrowing from future generations, essentially not borrowing but stealing from future generations by the government and. 
it was what it sounds like you're saying, Mark, is just everybody was being set back by this war, but the U.S. was being set back a little bit less because their factories. World weren't. War II was unique. Yeah. In that every in that it was a world war, you might be able to make the argument that in a world war where you are the only nation that isn't bombed into dirt, and I don't know how in the world you would <laughs> uh, pretty sad would situation. set that up, but in that circumstance, that then a war would be good for your economy. But that's the only circumstance. Sending some troops off to Afghanistan isn't going to do it. Ty, I know there's a book by Murray Rothbard about what really happened during the Great Depression. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, I've read that one. Actually, I've listened to it in audio book. Okay. You know, it's, it's a really, it's very good, very informative. And yep. that's, that's one of the problems. See, that it's jammed with facts. And, and well, actually, I wouldn't say facts. I would say more evidence yeah. that shows, you know, how the Great Depression was actually prolonged by FDR's New Deal policies. The problem is you can provide evidence upon evidence upon evidence but people just do not accept it. I, I, I don't understand what it's going to take to break through. Uh, emotion to get is the only answer. To realize. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think. I'm sorry it's true, but emotion's the only seller out there. And, you know, we as libertarians tend to want to cling to facts and logic. And it isn't the thing that motivates the vast majority of people. Go ask people why they're voting for Barack Obama or Mitt Romney. And the answer that you will hear isn't, you know, this policy, this policy, this policy. It will be, you know, all about how they feel and what they I hear feel a about. lot of confusion when I ask, when I talk to people about that, which isn't too often, but oh, I yeah, I mean, avoid talking to people about that. Yeah. I, but I mean, I agree. I think a lot of people are just basically going through life kind of like reacting to things that happen to them. And often that's just emotional reaction. They don't really have the clarity of thought. I'm not trying to sound elitist here or anything like that, but they're not choosing the clarity of thought for themselves. I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess they could if they wanted to, but our culture doesn't exactly encourage critical thinking. That's what I'm saying. Like it's not taught in the schools. The last thing they want from a public school teacher seems to want from its students. And I'm talking about the the generalization here, not a, not specific um, instances is critical thinking skills. And when you go through life and you're basically confronted with so many situations where it's like, okay, maybe you have one opinion and somebody else has another opinion, like you, Mark, with the property taxes you were talking about earlier in the show. And the other person says, okay, well, fine, but my opinion is backed by force. You can't opt out. You right. you, you can't choose to not support the government because you're going to get hurt. Well, people's thinking just breaks down at that point. And why even try to formulate an ar- a logical argument against that? Because logic doesn't work. You're dealing with force. And so right. I can't when really blame with, people for just reacting to that emotionally. When you're dealing with the reality of governmental force, then people are going to deal with reality. They're looking at reality and they're going to deal with reality however they're going to look at it. One of the great ways to deal with reality of governmental force is to try to get it on your side. Another way is to say, I love this force and this force loves me and to put your hand over your heart and say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag or yeah. whatever it is that you one does, because that's what politicians do. Politicians take our feelings like uh, patriotism and uh, you know love for our country and, and our friends and our families and things like that, and they pervert them. They hide behind the flags and, and all these things. Yeah. Now, flags, as far as I'm concerned, have always been banners of war and uh, you know people's, people's love for their flag is yeah. the same as their 
love for their favorite baseball team and they want their team to go out and win. But whatever. Um, you know, I mean, you can't convince somebody who loves a flag of that. There's this saying, um, I wish I could remember the whole thing, but it's like, basically, you know, we live in a really sick culture. Like, I think a lot of people know that there are things that are really wrong and really messed up. And there are some ways you can deal with that. You can rebel against it. You can conform and try to go along to get along. Or you can become a mystic, you know, and kind of like deny that reality actually exists (laughs) and just blur the borders. And so... A lot of people, I think, do choose that third option and just kind of let go of reality a little bit. And it can be really hard to even, like, communicate with them. And Ty, what do you think about that? Well, I, I'm just, I'm still <clears throat> kind of wondering, what is it really going to take? I used to think it would it would just take, like, a critical mass of people realizing the truth, and then things would change. There'd be, like, a sea change, and things would get better. But I... I actually think that it may end up taking complete collapse uh, before anything actually gets better. I have another answer. Okay. You want to hold Ty over? Yeah, we'll hold him over. Okay. Hang on the line if you would, Ty, please. We're going to hear Mark's second answer, the the second way here on Free Talk Live. genius. Coming up, 855-450-FREE is our number. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Sunday night edition with Stephanie and Mark. 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. It's our number if you'd like to get in touch with us tonight. You know, we had a couple of calls on the line in the last segment. I'm not sure if there was a technical difficulty because we had several calls and then they all dropped. Then they all dropped at the same time. So if you were on hold, you're welcome to call back and uh, talk with us tonight. We didn't hang up on you on purpose. No, we didn't. It may be a technical thing. But, you know, we were talking with Ty about um, revisionist history and we had a little... Specifically his question was is what's it going to take to bring us us to liberty in this country or world or whatever yeah and you what had another total uh, I mean, is it gonna is it's gonna take i guess it's going to take a total governmental collapse yeah and this is this is the thought portrayed by a good friend of mine and a lot of libertarians and the fact is governmental collapses have happened throughout history mm-hmm. and liberty doesn't increase as a result it may increase temporarily or it may decrease in that you're, you're not dealing with government bureaucrats at that point you're um, you know uh, enacting violence upon you but dealing with roving gangs in fact enacting violence upon you so the idea that a, in, that a governmental collapse is going to increase liberty is it, it's not borne out by history secondarily um so what what will be the answers the well, answer is hold on a second though go ahead. The, the idea that the government could ever shrink is also not borne out by history. You know what I mean? If it could go in the direction of more freedom. Didn't we just say here on the show that um, uh, that uh, that uh, in Maryland in 1862 or something like that, he claimed that uh, that slavery was uh, voted out in Maryland? 
Um, Yeah, he claimed that. I don't know. I'll take his word for it, right? You did say that slavery disappeared all across the world without wars, and Mm -hmm. those countries still existed. So so freedom was increased by, um, you know, by the government at that time. But it it would have had to be... Like the idea of freedom of anti of abolitionism of anti slavery had to be in people's consciousness and in their minds before sure, they would have absolutely. even considered voting for the it. The government is uh, is a trailer being drugged behind public opinion. Absolutely, the you know we're going to see in in the next decade you're going to see a lot of gay marriage uh, things go through in state and federal courts because that's this is the time for that. You're going to see it being uh, legal and more common to videotape police officers doing their jobs um, because this is the time for that. But that doesn't mean that the government's useless in that area. It's simply an agency of force and force can be used for good or evil. Uh, I don't know if I agree that force could be used for... Yeah, I suppose it's self-defensive. Yeah, Yeah, Um, sure. But I don't know if that's good, though. You know, it's just more like self-defense. Being alive to to live another day is good. Sure. Okay. Well, let's see what Nicholas wait, wait, thinks. Wait, 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 yep. wait. I, so I have oh, okay. the so answer is competition. Okay. Governments without competition are never going to get any better. And what you'll see is Doug Casey, uh, one of the great, um, he's, he's one of our- I just of, saw him at Libertopia. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a great thinker these days. He's uh, also an investment advisor in the uh, Liberty community. And, you know, not everybody agrees with everything he has to say. But one thing that's interesting is he'll find uh, world leaders- and of little crappy countries and say, hey, I can make you go down in history in your country as the greatest leader ever. And he'll talk to them about how to make their country free and things like that. So far, none of them have taken him up on it. Um, there's the idea yeah. of the charter cities. But, okay, one thing about Doug Casey, though, he lives in a ranch in Argentina and he's paying off warlords. He said that. I mean, so what? What do you think? What but do you- is that freer than the U.S.? It's U- just taxes, I mean- <laughs> Yeah, it's the same thing. That's what I'm saying. Like he he claims to be so much freer, but is it if you're still paying taxes to warlords, are if you freer? Having, if you're having more freedom or less freedom, um, you know, it, it, it comes down to that. Here in the United States, you're paying off the government to leave you alone, but sure. they don't leave you alone. They arrest you for all kinds of different things, yeah. including the filling out of the paperwork to pay their taxes. The warlords just want their money. The United States government demands the money and that you fill out the, the paperwork and, and those, obedience, those kind of yeah. things. So now. You know, the United States is a great place to earn money and other places might be better places to retire. That's just Doug Casey. Now, um, the the Charter Cities project that was taken up in Honduras has mm-hmm. certainly it has groundwork in China and Southeast Asia. There's Charter Cities there. You could see these free cities using best practices of governments up to this point. It may get through the Honduran uh, Supreme Court. It may not. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll try Guatemala. Maybe they'll try some other uh, crappy little country that needs, uh, you know, a few million dollars for a payoff. Whatever the reason is, they may oh go for it. Yeah, the fact is, you're going to have to buy your land, Stephanie. Somebody claims that land. No one's going to give you freedom in this world. You're oh, going to have sure. to fight for it or buy it. Uh, yeah, I know. And, and, I agree. And, and you and can't heard... fight and win. And that's it. Yeah. So you don't have to like the options that I'm putting out here in front of you, but you can rebut them if you'd like. No, I was just. Th- I actually was just laughing because I was thinking like I don't. If someone's listening from Guatemala, would they think they're living in a crappy little country? And compared maybe to the that, United States, I don't know. I, you, I don't know. Maybe they like to live there. But anyway, I've heard you say on the show before, like the idea of panarchy, like that a government need not be attached to a, a le- arbitrary bordered, you know, land mass or whatever. And I mean, I don't know. I, like, yeah, that that could be a viable option. It's just 
when people say that um, we need governments to compete with each other, it seems like that's, to me, that's stretching the definition of what I understand to be government because my idea of government is someone who, an organization that has a monopoly on force within a given landmass. And, you know, that model does not allow for competition. It is a definition of of government. I know you don't agree with it, but that's... What what I want to do is is I want to use terminology that works when you discuss things with people. People believe you cannot live without government. How many times have you heard that from how many people? I've heard it. Have have the words come out of your mouth in your life? Uh, I think they've probably come out of everybody's. Not that I remember, but maybe. I think they've probably come out of most people's mouths. And so, you know, people believe this. Now, what is government in that circumstance? It's an organization that keeps people safe and keeps people from ravaging, you know, other folks and things like that. I guess you'd have to ask them that if you're having a conversation with them, right? It's not one of those things they're going to move on. And if you're going to if you if you're going to discuss ideas with people, you need to use their language to do it. Yeah, sure. I don't hear people do that though, like define their terms before they get into a discussion about It's just the same thing the we were talking about in the last segment is, is that we're dealing with a planet full of emotional beings and not <laughs> logical ones. There are some logical ones out there. No, Maybe. there's no such thing as a logical no. No such thing as a logical. <laughs> so you're not person. logical either. There's more or less absolutely. If you think you're a logical <laughs> being, you're lying to yourself, therefore making yourself emotional. <laughs> I'd like to be as rational as possible when I, like I try too, it. But that doesn't make me one. <laughs> I could like it all I want. Let's see what Nicholas thinks. Uh, he wants to talk about politics. And Nicholas? Oh, you guys, am I on the air? Yes. Oh, hey, what's up? I just started listening to you guys a few, uh, few weeks ago, I think. Cool. Uh, Welcome to the I, show. You guys go through a lot of topics. I uh, looked through a YouTube, or uh, not a YouTube app, a, uh, a uh, droid app I got. I listened to you guys, Mark Levin. What is it? Doorman, Goldman, a bunch of others. Okay. But, I don't know uh, all anyway. the ones. Oh, go ahead. So I believe that uh, at least the libertarian candidates, you're talking about third-party candidates, a lot of those candidates, they may not be in the fact like a third party, but a lot of them you can find on primaries when you vote for them. I don't know how it works in the state you guys are from, but in New Jersey you have to register for your party. So, like, I'm registered Republican, so I get to vote for all of the uh, Republican primaries every mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And a lot of the... Um, I guess less mainstream, more radical, quote-unquote, uh, candidates that you guys enjoy and I would appreciate, uh, they're on the ballot every year. And I vote for them every year. So you're saying in the primary? Yeah, during the Republican primary. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's another opportunity to have the more, if you're going to use the term radical, candidates on the ballot um, and in the general. Well, I, I, use the, I use the term radical lightly because I, I do a lot of campaign work for uh, – Republicans, and uh, I talked to a lot of different people. Yeah. And for instance, my, my quote, I talked to um, a man the other day about the Senate uh, being selected by the state rather than by individuals, and I was considered that that was just unrealistic and that could never happen. So, like, when you get, when I say radical, that's kind of the direction I'm coming from. Like, oh, my. Okay. Radical, but <laughs> Yeah. It's considered radical now. Yeah, I don't and, think that uh, we're ever going to get into a situation where the Senate is again appointed by the state as opposed to appointed by the, the uh, you know, elected by the people. But um, yeah. I, if, you know, if it's unrealistic, it's radical. I, I'll go go with you on that one. Yep. Did he ever get a chance to answer his, ask his question? No, Nicholas, did you have more? I'm sorry, what? Did you have more to say? Uh, well, I have tons of stuff to say. All right, hang on the line, please. It's Free Talk Live. There's more coming up here. 855-450-FREE is our phone number. Hang tight, and we'll be right back. 
The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You're listening to the live Sunday edition. That was weird. Uh, with Stephanie. And Mark. And uh, um, want to remind you that you can help out Free Talk Live really easily and uh, free by going to shop.freetalklive.com. There you'll find some uh, links that Free Talk Live is affiliated with. You can go enter through our portals and do your shopping. And uh, for instance, if you go through Amazon that way, Free Talk Live gets a small percentage of what you buy. It doesn't affect your purchase price at all, but it really helps out the show. So shop.freetalklive.com. When I was listing off alternatives to uh, you know competition to government units, one of the things that I didn't get a chance to get in on my list was the Free State Project. Here with the Free State Project, the idea is to move 20,000 liberty-loving individuals to one state in the United States in order that they may have the, uh, uh, the, 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 the fullest possible effect in order to, I guess, uh, the, the, make the maximum role of government, the protection of life, liberty, and property. If that sounds good to you, go to freestateproject.org and sign up. You will be one of, at this point, more than 13,000 people who've signed up to do so. Yes, that's so cool. And like 11,000 who are already in state doing it. And by 11,000? Insta- I'm sorry, I meant 1, to say 1,000, right? 1,100. 1100. Excuse me. 1100. <laughs> that would be great if it were 11,000. That 000. would be crazy. I, I, thank you for catching me. That's the reason we have two people on the show. <laughs> Keep me around for a reason. 11, well, you're going to make your mistakes and I'm going to catch you too. <laughs> right. So 1,100 in state. And at this point, there have been a lot of advances. One that's chief among them that I can think of at this moment is the the taxes uh, the state budget has been reduced by almost 12 percent that's a huge achievement what's what what's the state budget been reduced by in your state oh it hasn't yeah (laughs) new hampshire only state that i know of that's had a reduced budget all right mark we got several phone calls on the line let's go back to nicholas real quick nicholas i i just wanted to make sure that you had a chance to get out what you wanted to say when you call we do have a couple other calls on the line but if you could if you want to make your point please go ahead yeah okay so at least with my point with uh, the senate or senate being decided by state when a senator is determined by that legislator first off you get to vote for less people so that means you can make a more informed decision about your senators or your assemblymen however that's been on the state level and then second those senators that are in the federal government are loyal to the state. So my senator would be loyal to the state of New Jersey rather than to the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, whatever party they're in. Oh, goody. Just, just increasing the loyal to the whole state. Time. Thanks, Nicholas. I don't participate in the political there system are advantages at all. And disadvantages. <laughs> just I make think that that's the 14th clear. Amendment. Maybe it was the, yeah, the 14th Amendment that uh, changed that. I, I, I've heard arguments on both sides. Uh, it, it's... It's not that I it's disagree. A, it's rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. I mean, that's how I feel about it anyway. Uh, let's go to Matt listening to, in Detroit. And Matt? Hey, how's it going? Wonderful. You're on Free Talk Live. All right, cool. Uh, you know, as I was thinking about it, you were talking about what's ultimately going to change things around and all that. Mm-hmm. I think at some point, people, the people at large, are just going to have to realize that the state does not serve their interests at all. It really just works for its own interests. Yeah. 
it's the same game as just money and power. Money and power drives everything nowadays. I, I agree with you that if there's a sufficient number of people that uh, feel that they're not getting the level of service, uh, the type of service that they can, uh, that, that this, the model of the state is incapable of providing the level of service that they need from a governmental agency, that that will cause a collapse. But what I'm thinking is, is that prior to 51 or 50 and, a, and, and one half percent of people giving up in that way, because we're not really presented options. You're no. presented basically the right. option between crap sandwich A, uh, crap sandwich D, and <laughs> crap sandwich R. And um, yeah. and between these two crap sandwiches, you must choose. Uh, you know, yeah. It's essentially the option. You may cho- you may go ahead and pick one of the, the minor parties and say that I would like my I would like less crap on my sandwich and I will take right. a, 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 a minor party and that's fine but it you know you don't have generally when an expectation if you vote for that minor party that that minor party is actually going to win anything so right ultimately you just got to look at how corrupt i mean the whole thing is i mean yeah this is the same government that got caught running drugs into the country to fund black projects and i mean are we supposed to believe they just quit all of that black ops oh i yeah, see black ops. Yeah, i thought you meant like housing projects <laughs> Okay. Well, they're no. still doing it. I mean, they they have soldiers. Yeah. There's pictures of soldiers in Afghanistan guarding poppy fields. At this yeah, point, been a ninety percent increase in opium production since we invaded Afghanistan. Yeah, I mean, you know, the United States government is guarding, uh, is making it uh, opium production possible, and then arresting its citizens for the use of it. It's, it's a crazy world. For smoking a blunt on the street or doing any of their drugs that they bring in. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Matt, thanks a lot the for the call tonight. So yeah, I appreciate your thoughts. Um, yeah, I can't find much disagreement with him there. Um, let's go to another Matthew. This is Matthew listening uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester. <laughs> Matthew. Hey, guys. How are you? Wonderful. I, I'm, a, I'm a Southern boy. I'm a... Well, how do you I, pronounce I, Worcester? Worcester. <laughs> yeah, Worcester, yeah, I used to live in Massachusetts, kind of near. I actually worked in Worcester at one point, and there were, you could always tell uh, people got really uh, nasty looks when they said Worcester or something like Worcester. <laughs> so, what was on your mind, Matthew? Oh, there's more on business. What I'm most worried about is all the Sorry, I couldn't understand what you said. I oh, think that was a uh, okay. crank. Gotcha. All right. I did. Did you? Did he say any wordy dirds? I, I don't. I, if he did, I didn't hear any. I honestly them. could not understand a word you said. So okay, thanks, Matthew, for the call. There you go. Hope he um, didn't wait too long to do that. Uh, he waited kind waiting? of quite a while. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, so Mark, do you want to talk about? We were talking about politics and um, just the laughable state of like the debates and stuff. And there was an incident recently where the third there was a third party candidate, Jill Stein. Right. She was running for the Green Party. And she did something that I don't know what she expected to get out of this. Maybe it was to get some attention, some publicity. But there was a debate recently at Hofstra University and Jill Stein and her running mate, Sherry Honkala, tried to enter the debate and they were arrested as soon as they I don't even think they made it to the door. I think they just literally got hauled away. And uh, this is the level that they go to kind of protect the two major parties. Um, There was a good summary of... um, a couple days ago on Free Talk Live, I want to say you and Ian were talking about, or maybe it was Ian and uh, a demo there on Friday night. They were talking about how the debates used to belong to the League of Women Voters, and then yes. there was this um, 
kind of quasi-governmental agency that took it over. Are you familiar with, with that? Ross Perot's. Basically, Ross Perot did really well. Right. And then they decided, I mean, he got like 30% of the vote or something. I mean, it was some incredible yeah, number. It I can't was remember significant. What it, was, it was a significant number of the vote. And um, they, they're like, whoa, the, <laughs> they needed to, at this point, the elect- Commission on Elections or something like that, they you know created this, the two parties got together and created this commission that whose one goal essentially is to keep the third parties out. Yeah. They do not want another voice, no matter what that voice is. Even with Ross Perot, did not, he's not really saying anything different. He's just got a couple of platitudes. And is it, you, it really just another Democratic, Republican, Republican, Democrat. <laughs> and like, he's just no different. Yeah. But he was something different, and, and a lot of people got excited about him. Sure. And so... He, I mean, they he, don't want that. They do not want you to have another option. They don't want anything that looks like another option. You must choose red or blue. Yeah. If you even think about purple, we will crush it. I remember hearing um, some debates actually with Ross Perot in them when I was a kid, and um, it was kind of interesting because. Oh, sorry. There's a call coming. Um, anyway, Mark. Um, so Jill Stein and Sherry Honkala were in were arrested when they tried to go into the debates uh and as 30 as third party members and you know they were literally just kind of whisked off as soon before they even got to the door right and so jill stein got out a couple days later and then she wrote about what happened to her during her arrest and i want to just share some of that with you it kind of shocked this happened me in 2008 too with uh, the libertarian maybe it was 2004 mm-hmm. the libertarian candidate yeah it was 2004 uh, to- the libertarian candidate and the uh, constitutional candidate tried to get in for the debate right and uh, they arrested them but it was really just not much yeah and i don't remember hearing a story like this and uh, so she's saying that uh, this is the Commission on Presidential Debates is the agency that puts together the debates right now. And there's actually this really these really elaborate agreements between oh, sure. it's like uh, 17 pages or something. Yeah. Between Obama lawyers. and Romney about, you know, you cannot ask about this. You cannot approach the other candidate. Um, if an audience member tries to ask a question that hasn't been pre-approved, their mic will be shut off. It's all this really like outrageous stuff, and right. people think this and, is and an actual town hall style debate, right. but that's just this is the thing that really makes me uh, the most angry about it. Obviously, there's going to be some agreement on how this thing's going to operate, and you need to have it written down. Yeah, but the the fact that they say that the audience members aren't allowed to ask any questions that haven't been approved. <laughs> so you're allowed to write down a question. We'll approve or disapprove your question. And then you must ask the question as it was approved. That isn't new questions being asked. Yeah. That's them d- framing the debate. The fact is the people aren't framing the debate. Absolutely. Do you think they're framing the debate? You can give us a call at 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733 to get in touch with Free Talk Live tonight. Coming up in Hour 3, we'll tell you what happened to Jill Stein and your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live, 
and you're listening to the live Sunday evening edition. Uh, I'm glad you've joined us. We're kicking off hour three of tonight's show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And freetalklive.com is our website. Uh, one more time, you can visit listen.freetalklive.com to get all the ways you can listen to the show. Free Talk Live is on actually every single night of the week from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. What commercial radio program? What radio program does that seven nights a week? Yeah, there aren't. I, I can't think of any. So we're just working so hard for you, our dear listeners here on Free Talk Live. And of course, 855-450-3733 is our phone number. That's 855 855- 450 free if you want to get in touch with us tonight bring up whatever's on your mind we've kind of been talking about politics and uh what happens if you try to be a, a third party outside of the system in a in a sense in america and uh i think aaron wants to talk about something kind of similar to that aaron listening in indianapolis are you with us good evening how are you guys doing tonight hi aaron hi um well you don't want to know uh smooth dad boy congratulations like Aaron, I'm I'm having trouble understanding what you're saying. Can you repeat that, please? No, I think you got a nice smooth jazz voice for radio. Oh, she oh does. thank you. Point one oh six tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I don't like yeah, you know, something. I, I hope you give me just one minute. I can do it within one minute because I'm frustrated. I got to get this off my chest. Yeah, no problem. I know. First of all, I don't believe in either party. You yeah. know, I wish there was a third party because I'm sick and tired of the mess. I'm upset with Obama because he's he's probably meaning well, but uh, his handlers around here won't allow him to be himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he always going around talking about how he want to help the middle class. Well, there's a poor class out here. And I remember Robert Kennedy, he didn't care what anybody thought. He went to the poor, the poorest among us. He will not even come in a poor neighborhood because he's scared the Republicans are going to tag him as one of those type of uh, people that's just out there to help. It was really different um, what Obama was saying when he was campaigning versus what he actually did when he got into office, which was more like continuing a lot of George Bush's no, policies. That's what no. I mean. The hand, it's always those handlers around you. And uh, just a couple points real quick. There's a uh, ad about grudge going around this here uh, black woman talking about how she got her in Obama phone. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've heard about this, but I haven't seen the video. I saw well, it. It reminds me of when Martin Luther King was marching in Memphis, and he had a peaceful uh, march, the uh, the first one, and there was a few black guys start busting out windows, starting to riot. Mm-hmm. I, I'm willing to bet my paycheck and yours that that woman was paid off to do that. You know, I wouldn't put nothing past by someone who from. wanted to make Obama look bad. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's the way she repeat. If you just hear the way she said, you could tell it's like she was directing in the way she's saying it. Hmm. Uh, 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 and then, maybe you know, uh, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, there have been so many slimy tactics it's a conspiracy with campaigns, theory and, and there's no way to back it up one way or the other. I mean, if he's willing to bet on it, he's willing to bet on it. But there's no way to know. No, well, I'm I'm, just, I'm using that as a metaphor. Yeah, I'm not I got gotcha. you. Yeah, but it does I'm really seem is, like it's very controlled tightly, especially when you look at the debates and how it's all orchestrated. And you know, I wish they had someone at the debate. That would do just what the guy that uh, disrespected the president of the State of the Union. Have some people out of say, no, you're lying right now. And if this country want to, I mean, Obama's not perfect. He's far from going to job right. But if they willing to put somebody in there that's got 1,200 different opinions on the same subject, this country deserves what it gets with Mitt Romney, especially if you want to go back to war. Everybody that sold us lies 
those are his those are his foreign policy advisors right now. He don't even have no self convictions. He just wants the plane. He's an aristocrat who wants the plane and his wife to be first lady. He's willing to turn over the power to these two. I agree with you that I I will agree with you entirely that uh, that Mitt Romney will say anything in order to be the president, next president of the United States. I but I kind of feel like Barack Obama will too. Exactly what it deserves. Yeah, well, it's going to go one way or the other. It's uh, you know, it's it's sad, you know, because it's so hard to keep up with. um, It's what can the average person do when they're in this game? One last thing, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I told you guys I'm putting together website. You tell me to put a web page together, which we are doing, and I write a song called Bring Them Home, and I just want to quote you one verse on it. Yeah. Can you sing it? No, no, no. It's for a woman to sing. Okay. Um, plus, it don't sound good over the phone. Okay. But there's a, it's called Bring Them Home, and the uh, sound of, you hear the tap, it's called the sound of the horn, mm. you know, about, uh, and there's a verse on there that says, three o'clock in the morning, I knock at my door. Tears already flowing as my heart hits the floor. As I looked in his eyes, he didn't even have to say a word. I wasn't surprised from what I heard. All I know is that my baby's gone. I want you to go and bring him home. Bring him home to me. Mm. You know, it's, it's about we're tired of this here fighting. We're tired of these here wars. We're tired of people like Mitt Romney trying to uh, go around the Constitution and giving up all our rights to uh, Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel. He, uh, we didn't, we didn't, uh, he don't run for president. He don't control our our policies. Yeah. I'm turning our, our, our thoughts over to Israel. What's your website? You know, he hasn't got it done do yet. Oh, you have, don't have it up yet. All right, Aaron, call built. us back and let us know when you have that up. And thanks so much for the call tonight. I definitely got like a chill when he was saying that poem. Yeah, it's it's chilling. I don't I don't think that uh, electing Barack Obama is going to do anything to uh, bring any troops home. No, but... he said he doesn't believe in either party. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, actually, Obama has continued the war, so... There we go. What can but, we say? You know, I I think that when you're when people are cho- put into these Hobson's choices yeah. of you've got crap sandwich one or crap sandwich two, yeah. and you must pick between them, that people are going to come up with all kinds of reasons why sandwich two is better than sandwich one or sandwich one's better than sandwich two. And I get it. Yeah. I spent you know I spent a decade doing the same thing, and it's it's a crappy position to be put in. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see what Daryl has to say. Listening in our very own Key, New Hampshire. Daryl, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Uh, Last hour, you guys were talking about the Commission on Presidential Debates. Yeah. And uh, basically, you know, it's a group that was founded by the Republicans and the Democrats to essentially exclude everybody else. Right. Uh, Mark incorrectly stated that it was formed after the 92 election. Okay, when was it? Uh, It was... Formed in 1987. And Daryl, uh, you know your stuff on this. You've actually yeah, Dar- written. Daryl is our resident expert on third parties. <laughs> Daryl, you've written a book called Duopoly, which is basically about how the two parties collude and keep out anybody else, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So in 92, they begrudgingly allowed Ross Perot to debate, uh, partly at the urging of Bill Clinton. And partly because Ross Perot did meet the polling requirement, which said that you had to poll at or above 15% in national polls. Yeah. Uh, and Gary Johnson this year has recently filed a second lawsuit against the CPD, and he got kind of tricky with his lawsuit. He commissioned five presidential polls listing himself, 
and Obama as the two only choices. And, of course, he is above 15%. So he's saying that your rules don't specify any set of candidates or any specific polls that have to be used. I've heard a couple of these calls, too, uh, uh, that have called, um, because Ian will put them on. I I have an unlisted phone number. I have no interest in getting uh, these calls. But Ian will put them on speaker in order to hear whether or not (laughs) they're going to ask give you the option of picking a third-party candidate in yeah. the poll, and they only say Barack Obama or uh, Mitt Romney, and they right. will not let you choose another option. So these polls are saying, yeah, if another candidate can poll at 15%, but we're not going to let them in the poll. We're not going to even mention them. So how can anyone do it? I think it's completely legitimate that what uh, Gary Johnson did, which was uh, put himself in a poll uh, against Barack Obama and uh, take the results and, and bring it up there. Absolutely legitimate. Well, what I would have liked to have seen him done, and this actually would have helped Jill Stein as well, is for him to do a poll listing himself and Jill Stein. Mm. That way both candidates get over 15%, and both candidates could then theoretically be included in the debates against the two major candidates. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently he doesn't want any other uh, candidates in the other debate <laughs> yeah. against him. Maybe you could bring that up to his if, campaign. If Jill wanted right. to pay for half of it, half of the polling, then um, perhaps she could have been in on it. Yeah, and Daryl, thank you so much for the call. Appreciate your thoughts. 855-450-FREE. That's our number. 855-450-3733. Have you gotten one of these robocalls that tries to get you to choose between the two major party candidates? And did you pick one? It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. The show is Free Talk Live, and you happen to be listening to the live Sunday night edition with me, Stephanie. And me, Mark. And, uh, me, Mark. Me, Mark, yes, <laughs> just to bring the show full circle. And, of course, I want to let you know that Free Talk Live actually has a way that if you like what we do, doing a pro-liberty radio talk show that has uh, you know lots of national affiliates on the radio every single night of the week, you can uh, help out the show by voluntarily contributing five bucks a month to free talk live or you can do more but five is the minimum and you also get perks if you do if you do that if you become a free talk live amplifier amp stands for advertise market and promote and uh what some of the perks you'll get are a commercial free podcast which a lot of people really like oh yeah and access to the amp call in lines and a special account on the free talk live bbs right that's right so amp.freetalklive.com is where you can find out more info about the amp program Okay, Mark, I um, want to give out the phone phone number one more time. It's 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE if you want to call Free Talk Live tonight. We're open to talking about anything that's on your mind. I'm open to talking about Bitcoins right now. Bitcoins oh, are... Oh, yeah, big fan of Bitcoins. Like <laughs> Online, open source, peer-to-peer currency for the internet. I mean, you could use them in real life, and I sincerely hope that they are used more um, more for, for real life. But more and more of our world is going online, and what the world needs is an online currency, and Bitcoins are that. They allow you to send and receive money, potentially anonymously, 
without having to pay any fees. You don't have that. There's there's nothing out there that's offering that. So they have a unique selling proposition in that you don't have to pay any fees. You can do micropayments. You can uh, keep your money anonymously. You're your own banker with Bitcoins. And if you're a uh, a merchant, there are no forced chargebacks. You you do your chargebacks at your uh, at your discretion. And Bitcoin makes all that possible. You can go get Bitcoins at uh, bitinstant.com. I'll tell you about those and uh, them in a few minutes. But uh, you can get a free online wallet at blockchain.info. This, this will allow you to send, and send money to send Bitcoins to people's Facebook uh, accounts, to their email addresses, and to their cell phone in just about any country around the world. And that's the thing about Bitcoins. It's over there. You don't have to pay some big percentage. It's just, shoom, it's across the world. As soon as it gets confirmed, right? That's right. <laughs> so it's blockchain.info. And if you want to find out more about Bitcoins, and you should, go to weusecoins.org. All right. Mark, uh, we just wanted to mention real quick, uh, Darryl, we talked with Daryl in the last segment, yes. and he wanted to mention, we got went up against the break, but he wanted to mention that there is a third-party debate that Free Talk Live is actually sponsoring. That's right. going to be taking place in Chicago, what is it, next week? The or? 23rd Tuesday. Okay, cool. So I'm sure... I'm sure Free Talk Live will be talking more about that in the yeah, coming. Yeah, we're going to do an interview tomorrow, actually, of oh. the lady who put it all put it all together. It's going to be, uh, you know, give you all the information. But you can go to fairandequal.org to yep. watch that video. Larry uh, King is Larry King moderating is going to be the moderator. It. It's going to be a big deal. It's yeah. a big deal. And somebody got Larry King to moderate this, and that's great. That's cool. All right, Mark, let's go back to the phones and talk with Tom. Tom, are you here? Yes, ma'am. Hey, welcome to Free Talk Live. Hey, I, I love watching you guys on uh, on the internet here. It's great. I spoke with you, <laughs> Stephanie, the other night on your own show. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, this, that's yeah. this Tom. Okay, cool. So um, Tom yeah. is referring to, I have my own radio program. It's called Pork Therapy. It's P-O-R-C-Therapy.com if you want to hear that. And uh, Tom, what was on your mind? Well, actually, I've been jotting down notes like crazy since I've uh, been on hold. That's always but a good idea. When you call, call a radio program, it often will be that you get caught up in the moment and you forget yep. what you're going to say. So having notes is always oh, no. a good thing. Oh, no, I'm ready. I got you. <laughs> I, have, I have a unique perspective here. I, I listen to a lot of just for grins and giggles. I mean, I literally listen to Rush. I listen to uh, uh, all, all the conservative guys. And I also have on my... Uh, radio and my truck program the uh, liberal point of view, and oh my god, I just I want to pound my dash when I hear that. But anyway, I just want to bring up the uh, the different the the uh, the perspective that they always talk about about why the poor hate the rich. Okay, and uh, you know, I, I and I come from a perspective right now that I'd like to bring up where I can kind of understand that. This is where the liberals, the Democrats, are really playing on the poor. They hate the rich. And, and of course, you know, Rush says, one was the last poor guy that hired you. And I understand all that. And I work for a couple of guys right now that are absolutely so arrogant. I, I am subcontracted in. I'm not their employee. But I still, they, they just treat me like crap. They, they keep telling me they don't have any money. But yet every time I turn around, they're buying toys oh man i'm sorry to hear and, that and 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 you just look at this stuff and they have no idea at all what their business is about this is a really unique situation i've never worked with a group of guys or a father-son situation whatever you want to call it that have no clue what their business is about i'm gonna, just curious tom are you able to say like what industry it's in or do you don't want to give it away yeah. 
No, it's fine. I don't care. They don't listen to this. They're they're too busy <laughs> playing with their toys. But, <laughs> What's the industry? It, it, it's a, a machining industry, uh, castings. Uh, we, we are doing work right now. I mean, I, I can't get too detailed, but mm-hmm. uh, we're doing work right now for uh, a big three company that is producing a car that's coming out again, big sports car. Mm. And I just and I, I just look at this, and these guys are so no clue. No matter what I tell them, they have no money to do what we need to do. They're lying to the company that we work for uh, of what we're required to do. They're requiring me sometimes to meet with the engineers and lie, which is making me very uneasy because I'm subcontracted as a as a company oh, that God. could be held liable. Wow. And I just I just look at this and I can kind of I've worked for other companies also where the sons, you know, have been handed this business. They have no idea and they just completely uh, uh how do you want to put this run it into the ground. Yeah, you nepotism. Them, you know, and and they are so. Oh, I have to make a living. I I have my I, I have two businesses, and when when a business doesn't, this is the discussion I had with one of those guys. When my business doesn't make money, I don't pay myself a check. There is no money. Yeah. But yet, the the young gentleman that is the son, he says, "Well, I have to make a living," mm. and I'm like, "Uh, I don't want to say his name, whatever." He, there's no money coming in. So well, does this have, does this relate to um, resentment of the rich? Because like maybe some yeah. people who are rich got it by nepotism or by like privileges That's that were granted my... to them by the state, right? Well, no, not by the state. No, no, this is not by the state. But it this was just... nepotism. Yes, and, <laughs> and you see this, and and I can understand why so many people that work for idiots like this and just see this and, and just watch these arrogant bastards just doing what they're doing. <laughs> And that—that's why the Democrats are able to use that as a tool. Sure, people—you know—people you know, are always going to make mistakes and uh, you know be self-serving, and that's true for rich or poor. And uh, you know, I get it. I think that one of the reasons, interestingly, there's more, as I understand it, um, that the Republicans have as many poor people voting for them. There's fewer rich people voting for Republicans than there are voting for Democrats. Interesting. And I think that the, that part of what it is is that. People see taking people's money simply because they're part of a socioeconomic class, rich or poor, mm. is stealing. Yeah. and But, I mean, I get, I get where you're coming from, too. Yeah. Tom, thanks for the call tonight. I hope things get better at work. It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE is our number, 855-450-3733. Do you have a boss horror story? I'd be curious to hear it. This is Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyAndHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls your birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein, referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. 
please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live, the Sunday night edition. It's Stephanie with you. And Mark. And you can call us at 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. Freetalklive.com is our website. And I do remind you to check back if you want to know what's going on in the world of freedom. If you want to see some uh, interesting news headlines, we've got those right on the front page of our website. And of course, you can, can submit your own stories and people will vote them up and down depending on how interesting they think it is and maybe we'll uh maybe it'll make it to the front page and we'll see it and everybody else will see it too so i told you i was going to tell you about bitinstant.com bitinstant.com is the way to go about getting your bitcoins Uh, they are the fastest safest easiest way to get them Uh, there are other ways to get bitcoins and i'm not going to say there's not but bitinstant makes it fast and easy and uh, safe and comfortable for you to do it they've got more than a million locations at which you can deposit u.s currency or whatever currency frankly because they've got locations in more than 30 countries so more than a million locations in more than 30 countries all you have to do is go to bitinstant.com Find the location nearest you. Get the deposit number for that location. You can even do it online without even leaving your uh, your, your, your your computer. Mm-hmm. I prefer the bank, the major bank option, because there you can go make a deposit. You never have to give any ID at all. And by the time you get home, you'll have the bitcoins in your wallet. That's what I prefer. But you can do what you want. There's lots of options. Bitinstant.com. Who doesn't want options? Exactly. All right, Mark. Let's go right to the phones. Dave is listening in New Hampshire. And Dave? Hi. Hi. Welcome to Free Talk. Hi. I have a question. Like, pretty much the consensus is that voting for either or of the two people, that one of them's going to be president of the United States. I would say that's probably likely. Huh? I'd say it's pretty likely that one of them is going to be the uh, president of the United States. Then again, if everybody voted for the third party candidate, then one of the third party candidates would be the president. But go ahead. Yeah, I'm pretty much pretty much thinking they're both one of them's going to make it. Yep. And um and uh so um and we all want to stop the wars and at least I do. I want the wars to stop and yes. I'd like to feel like I had some kind of power. I like the word potency. Mm-hmm. I'd like to feel like I had some kind of potency or some kind of some way to affect that. But voting for either of those two candidates is like I don't know, to me it seems like it's gonna be an exercise of Say it again. Say it a little louder. I'm sorry. It sounds to you like huh? it's uh, just a little louder what you were saying. I think it's going to be an exercise in futility to vote for either. They're, they're not going to stop the wars. So yeah. this is my 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 question. Uh, how what 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 can we do? I mean, what can we do to like feel like we have power to stop these wars? Is there solutions and stuff? I I, I hear you, David. I really do. I, I think. Can I speak to this first? Maybe Mark. I, to stop the wars, I don't think there's much that we can really do to affect change, except maybe um, doing as much education as we can by sharing, you know, articles from antiwar.com, talking with our friends, doing outreach. You know, there's like a peace 
March, I guess every every weekend in Keene, I think. Um, it's but not aside, March, but a vigil. Yeah, I mean, aside from that, I think um, issues like wars or like what's happening with the currency or like large federal government type issues, I agree that we as individuals don't have too much um, direct control over or power over. But what we do have a lot of control over is what goes on in our own lives and our own relationships. And we can spend time, you know, forming, cultivating friendships, relationships in our own lives, making good financial decisions and um, being as free as we can, I guess, living as free as we can within the context of the world that we live in. So that's what I prefer to focus on. But I, I hear you it can be so frustrating when there are these large issues going on and it, just you want it to end so bad. You want to end the war so bad. But what can you do? Oh, counter recruiting. That's another thing. I'm sorry. I just kind of thought of that. But um, there are some great materials for um, educating young people who are considering joining the military. And maybe you could help uh, change their mind. There's a great video from Veterans for Peace called Before You Enlist. And I like to plug it on the air because I think it's a fantastic video. It talks to actual young people. It interviews them who have gone into the military and regretted it. it. It shows, you know, like what really happens in the military, um, especially if you're if you're a woman, if you're an ethnic minority or whatever. Um, it, it, it's a great video. Um, Veterans for Peace also has some other stuff on their website, like brochures and pamphlets. And so maybe counter recruiting, like you could actually feel like you made a difference because you could directly affect somebody's life. Does that sound interesting to you? That sounds great. I'm going to look up that video and try to spread it around. Yeah, Another thing before I, you enlist is the name. Of I it. think it's it's a great idea. Spread that around as much as you can. Another thing, two, a couple of things I did, David, was. A, um, I didn't want to pay any extra money to the federal government that I could avoid. Now, I pay, I, I file income tax. I'm one of those people that doesn't have to actually pay in for income tax. Um, it, I think I've, I, I'm pretty sure that we have to pay small business tax at my house, but not income tax. But anyway, um, I try to minimize my footprint as much as I can. Your tax fo- footprint? My, my tax footprint yeah, as I like, much as I can. I like that term because people say carbon footprint, but tax footprint is too. Yeah. Because uh, I used to smoke cigars, but then Obama put a tax on cigars. Now, he says it's going to go help the children, but we know that money is fungible and that they're killing children in uh, Pakistan. So he's not helping those children. And so I stopped smoking. I stopped smoking cigars. Now, I would have been willing to grow my own tobacco and make my own at that point, but I didn't really know how to do that. I didn't have the capacity. Now, two years into having a garden, maybe I would have considered it, but whatever. So I'm not spending money on cigars um, like I was and, and paying a dollar per cigar in tax. Mm. Not willing to do it. There are also and, people who choose to make so little money that they don't owe federal income tax. I hear that. I'm, I'm not willing. I just don't know how to do that. And I, yeah. I think that I can make money and then hard with put, a kid, it, probably. put it towards... Uh, you know, put it towards things that would be, you know, uh, advocate peace. Mm-hmm. So um, and and also I decided that they're killing people in these foreign countries over oil. So I'm going to use as little gasoline as I possibly can. I went out and I bought one of these plug in cars. You can make whatever arguments you want to make about carbon footprint. You can um, argue whatever you want about, you know, these kind of things. But you can't say that they're not you know that the major oil companies aren't benefiting off of the uh, the government's adventurism in the Middle East. So I just use as little gasoline as possible. I now have a plug-in car, and um, you know it's a Prius, and so it runs on. It has a hybrid engine too. I do use gasoline. I'm not going to claim I don't, but I use a lot less than most folks do. The uh, I, we were spending three hundred dollars a month in gasoline at my house. The car payment is four fifty. We were able to cut out a few things. And, and what make about that electricity? Does it cost extra for the electric? 
It does, but electricity isn't generally done by uh, oil. It's right. usually they were coal or nuclear or, in some cases, wood, as I understand it. <laughs> yeah, so you're just transferring the money that you would have spent on oil and gas to electric. It's, it gets a higher amount less. of uh, miles per gallon mm-hmm. via electric. I mean, it gets like it's like the equivalent of 95 miles to the gallon. Mm. But there, there's, there are pollutants that go into making the batteries. So, yeah. David, does that does that sound good? Does that answer your that question? That sounds great. Awesome. That does sound great. And I'm going to look up that video um, before you enlist. Awesome. Thank Thanks. you so much for the call tonight. Appreciate that. I like to think about what we can do in our own right. lives. Thinking about it is the first thing. Yeah. Like you may like or dislike one of my ideas. That's fine. I don't. There's no reason why I should give up a certain amount of my freedom simply because Barack Obama wants to steal a dollar from everybody who, um, you know, smokes a cigar every time, and then they use money, that money, the fungible money, in order to make bullets to kill people. I'm not causing that to happen. Mm. The simple fact that they're stealing money from me and what they're using the money on doesn't matter. But I do get to choose whether or not I want to be stolen from in that way, and I've chosen to not. Yeah, uh, good for you, Mark. I really um, admire that. You, it wasn't easy. I can tell you that. I took that Chantex. Uh, you know, it, mm, it, it had a bunch of weird dreams, but it certainly worked. I hear that. Yeah, you know, they have e-cigars now. I've yeah. seen. We knew about e-cigarettes, and we've talked they about really them a lot. They really weren't that big of a deal. The e-cigarette thing wasn't that big of a deal when I was quitting. Yep. this was. You know, this was the beginning. Of, yeah, that was, was like before three, three years or something really like that. came out. Yeah, and and if if they would have hit back, you know, if they hit a year earlier, I probably would have gone to those. I really enjoyed smoking, but. You know, I don't anymore. Yeah. So tell us what what you've done to help end the wars, if you've done anything, or if you want to ask us more questions about uh, quitting smoking, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. I have always thought of quitting smoking as an act of increasing personal freedom. So uh, this is Free Talk Live, and there's more coming up. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone, 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We're actually kicking off tonight's final segment of the Live Sunday edition. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And you can hear us together every Sunday night, but if you can't get enough of Free Talk Live, never fear. There's a new show on every single night of the week, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you go to freetalklive.com, that's our website, you can find the most recent seven days of the show on archives available for you for free right up at the top of the webpage. That's right. All right, Mark, um, we have one more segment left, and I had teased the uh, the story of what happened to Jill Stein. We had just barely begun to scratch the surface. So just in case anyone is, is joining us um, for the first time, we were talking about the debate, the presidential debate that happened, was it last week or two weeks ago, um, at Hofstra University? Uh, the the farce of a <laughs> of an event, you know, pretending that there's actually a difference. last week, but... Okay. Well, whenever it was, um, Jill Stein, who's a Green Party... This isn't the place to come for your political news. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, People that don't don't like politics. Here's some <laughs> dee, 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 dee. here's some news for you. They're lying to you. There's your yeah, there's your political news. In matter of fact, you don't need any new political news. Dee, 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 dee. The Democrats, they're lying to you. Dee, 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 dee. The Republicans, lying to you. <laughs> All the rest of the little parties, they're lying to you too. News flash. They just aren't going to get into power. <laughs> Yeah, so Jill Stein is is one of those uh, who, you know, she's running for the Green Party. Well, she is the Green Party presidential nominee. She doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell of getting elected, but she wanted some publicity, you know, which I don't blame her for, because usually even when these little party candidates run, they're just trying to get their message out. They're trying to get raise people's awareness, even if they don't think they're going to win. When it comes to president, because it's not like your vote counts anyway. So you you might as well put it towards a third party. Or just don't vote. I mean, I I choose that route, actually. I, I'd like to see the diversity. That's the reason I choose the uh, third party thing. Sure. Well, so <laughs> what happened to Jill Stein when she tried to get into this debate was that she got arrested before she even made it to the door. And she wrote up an account of what happened to her. This is from the rawstory.com, sort of a news aggregator. And uh, she basically she got like zip tied to a chair and left there for eight hours with her running mate in the same room and just left alone and then finally they got around to booking her or whatever and the way that she was treated is like you know like a common criminal i mean and she's supposed to be this respectable like in the political system i mean i imagine you don't get to be a presidential um nominee for whatever party by being uh unbecoming or conducting yourself in a certain way right the thing they should have done if anything was hold her for the period of time of the you know in some kind of put her in the police car put her in um you know Put her in some kind of, you know, holding area for the t- period of time of the debate, and then release her. And they were only charged with violations. They they like, didn't even get charged a, with a misdemeanor. These are tickets. Yeah, parking ticket or less, right? That's what it is. Yeah. Or, or they could have conceivably taken her across town and dropped her off, but mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, then she wouldn't have been able to get back. But whatever. Right. So uh, they were released about uh, 30 minutes after the debate was over, where a Secret Service car was so waiting for them. They were released. Hold on. She was the debate wasn't eight hours. Uh, no. Where did I get that? Um, I'm sorry. I'm trying to, like, read this article on the fly. Um, for most of the time, it was uh, Sherry Hankala and myself. Um, Jill Stein told Democracy Now! anchor Amy Goodman, they felt the need to keep us in tight plastic restraints, tightly secured to metal chairs. Oh, yeah. Here's where I got the eight hour thing. Green Party presidential candidate Dr. Jill Stein said Wednesday police handcuffed her to a chair during her eight hour imprisonment following her arrest outside the second presidential debate. Wow. Yeah. So eight hours she was handcuffed to a chair. And she said most of the time it was just her and Sherry Honkala in the, the room because authorities did not want them wandering around in air quotes. Where were they going to go? I mean, they're inside of a jail, right? Were they in a jail? Uh, she said that they were in, in a facility designed to hold protesters. I see. Even though they had only been charged with violations. And she said a request for their release was denied. Uh, authorities didn't want them wandering around. So there you go. They had to zip tie her to a chair to, for eight hours. And you then know, there was w- a Secret Service car waiting for her when she got out. It makes you wonder what would happen if they would have, uh, you know, say, hey, you know, here's your ticket for trying to get in. Um, the 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 debate, and you know, this is the problem of keeping presidential candidates out of the debate. But um, 
you know, what would have happened if they gave him the ticket? Would they have continued to try to get in? And if they would have continued to try to get in, what would they do about that? I mean, what do you do as a person charged with securing the event and preventing protesters? And, and I mean, what else is she but a protester in this circumstance from getting in? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you do in that circumstance. I guess they told the this campaign the staff. With, this is what tyranny brings is right. more tyranny. Yeah. It begets more violence, begets more violence. Uh, I guess their staff, the Green Party campaign staff, was waiting outside to see when they would be released, and they were told that they would be arrested if they continued to wait. So waiting outside quietly is uh, maybe I asking guess. a few questions. That's a problem. Yeah, and uh, Jill Stein's lawyer called, um, but and she was allowed to. She wasn't allowed to make any phone calls, but she was allowed to return a call from her lawyer at one point. But she couldn't make any arrangements for her release because she didn't know when she would be released, and they weren't telling her. So <laughs> that's what happens to you if you if you decide to run for one of the uh, minor parties for president. There you go. Yeah. Democracy. <laughs> I, I think that this is courageous of this woman to do this. And I think yeah. that what... I wonder if she's ever been arrested before. I, I don't know. She's a doctor. It would seem unlikely. Yeah. Uh, but it's possible. I mean, there's some people that make a career out of it. My, uh, my co-host <laughs> on every other night of the week seems to have. Um, but... You know, I think it's courageous to have done this because what she's doing is she's standing up for every American's right to a third party, to choose a a third choice. And I can't imagine that there's too many Americans right now. Lots of people are like, ah, protesters. You know, they're annoying. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you. Protesters are annoying. But, you know, nothing the point. Nothing came, nothing ever came from people who asked for it. Sure. And nothing came from people who were cynical about it. Yeah. Well, there's a bumper sticker. Well-behaved women rarely make history. Well, I think that way, applies way beha- to people. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Well-behaved men don't either. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that I think that she's courageous in what she did. I, I don't know that it's obviously amounted to much in this particular instance, but. I think that Americans generally do want a third party. They want another choice. Yeah. And we're not going to get it by continuing on accepting what we've accepted. And- you know, when I was in college, there was um, I think she is getting some coverage on like sort of the Democratic's leaning news outlets. The at, at least ultra liberal, the progressives. Yeah. Yep. And actually, I remember when I was in college, I went to a, a liberal college. I went to UMass Amherst and mm. it was extremely uh, liberal, very far left no, not Amherst College, UMass Amherst. Yes. So, I mean, they're they're all in the same I don't know area. The difference. Go ahead. They're very liberal college town. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I, think, I think of all college towns as very liberal. <laughs> yeah, well, this one was even to the left of that. But, but um, I remember when I was. Do in they college, have an anarchist coffee shop? Yes, they have. There a you couple. go. Then, then you win. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, so they they actually had an anarchist bookstore too. But Did, anyway, they don't serve coffee at the bookstore. Uh, no, that was like selling stuff. They wouldn't want to, I don't know. <laughs> no, they didn't have, they didn't have coffee there. Okay. Gotcha. There. Um, but anyway, uh, so I remember talking to several people because at that time it was like the 2004 election was going on, I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to a lot of people who I guess would have described themselves as liberal or Democrats. And eventually they ended up voting for who was it in 2004? Was it Al Gore? Uh, or yeah. no, John Kerry. Yeah, Kerry and, yeah, that's right. Kerry and Bush. John Kerry. Yeah. And ba- but Michael Badnarik is all I remember from the Libertarian Party. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But they were saying that they would have rather voted for the Green Party candidate, but they didn't think that they had a chance to win. So it, there this, you go. There are lots sta- of people who feel that way. That's a statement, though, of somebody who can't count because <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It's just it's a, it's a misunderstanding of math and where your vote falls into it. You know, I don't know what by what percentage. Barack, or excuse me, uh, John Kerry won um, Massachusetts, 
But it was huge. It was a landslide, I'm sure. But he won whether he won by one vote or whether he won by 500,000 votes. Right. So therefore, if you as a liberal college student decide you want to vote for the Green Party, your vote did far more. Mm-hmm. Your vote amounted to zero. It had no effect on the result if you voted for Kerry, whereas you would have had the smallest amount of effect in the area of third party, right. a negligible effect, by increasing their vote total by one. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, it's winner takes all in 57 different elections around the, you know, mostly around the continental United States. But the, yeah, they also don't get that it's not a popular vote it's in the It's not a US. popular vote. Yeah, it's the Your electoral college. Count. I mean, I'm sorry. No, it doesn't count at all. If you're a Republican in Massachusetts, don't go bother voting for for president. Now, if you're going to go and you're going to vote for other things, yes, it's worth the pin mark while you're there. Fine and dandy. But don't think that you're going to vote is going to matter. There's 12 swing states. And if you're not in one of those 12 swing states, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't. No. I'm sorry. Even if you are in a swing state, Mark, didn't you say that Obama won by 70,000 votes in New Hampshire in 2008? Number. So one vote, not going to make a difference? Not when you're talking about a statewide no election. Way. And there is no nationwide election. There are 57 different near, almost all of them are a statewide, a couple of them are districts and that yeah. kind of thing. But Exercise anyway. and futility. Thanks for listening to Free Talk Live. Our website is freetalklive.com and we'll be back every single night of the week, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. See you later.